Hi everyone and welcome along to the second and final part of the review special of season one of the Think Curiously podcast. This week we revisit episode five to eight and my guest on episode five was the energetic and enthusiastic Harry Strutt. In a conversation that included working in strip clubs to winning a British MMA title, short-term memory loss and ultra-marathon running, you get a real sense of Harry's character. Someone whose drive and determination is a real inspiration. Have a listen to how Harry describes his transition out of MMA into ultra-running. A bit of both. Um, So the reason I started running, which we'll go on to afterwards, after that fight, uh, I was inspiring, and I probably should have taken longer off or whatever, but... Uh, I was inspiring and ended up taking a bad fall. So we are doing some takedown stuff, um, ended up getting dropped on my shoulder and I dislocated my collarbone and ended up damaging some ligaments and things. And it just took a long time. And it was that way, it was my left shoulder. So I'm an orthodox fighter, so it's my jab. I ended up just, I ended up getting some cortisone injections to try and take all the swelling down rather than actually fix it. And I ended up jumping to a fight again afterwards which were a bad idea. I should have just cancelled fight and then just had the time off to recover properly and then come back at it. Anyway, I ended up taking fight. Turns out kid were ridiculously good and very, very fast hands. I got my face smashed in. Uh, that were, I lost the title that I won the previous one. Um, a guy called Jai Herbert, who um, is actually at UFC now. So shout out to Jai. He's, uh, he's got very, very fast hands. He, he'd give me a good beating. But yeah. And I remember, like, say, when you say, oh, is there anything that you think, oh, I don't want to be here? I went in ring, and it were always in back of my head. Should I be here? Should I not be here? I was there. And um, as soon as we started, he started throwing his jab. And obviously, my jabs, during my left arm's in front of me, ideally to defend or block that or get past his. Uh, and I just wasn't fast enough. It was that where he nailed me a couple of times in the face, and I just thought, shit. Like this kid's quick, and I ain't even got my arm properly working in front of me. This is going to be a long night, and uh, it was say it was back and forth first round, and then uh, it beat me in second round. But yeah, yeah, the heavy hands, and one of the reasons after that fight, I remember I was with my now wife, and afterwards she would tell me about. I think she went to go see her friends in day, and she would tell me about um, what she'd done and all this sort of thing, and she referenced that afterwards. And I'm like, what are you on about? And she says, you know, I went out with, say, I can't remember her name, Sarah. She says, do you remember? I went out with Sarah earlier at so-and-so. And it was like, literally, I just had a block of my memory that wasn't there anymore. In episode six, I caught up with former colleague Gary Wallace to discuss his journey through some dark times that he would eventually use to help inspire him to push forward with plans to develop his own company, Core NI, which is growing from strength to strength. We chatted about numerous issues from dealing with depression to the joys of fatherhood and touched on the importance of connection and building rapport with athletes and players. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode and have mentioned it a number of times since then that I get so lost in the episode itself when we were recording it that I was acting as a listener. I forgot that I was the host because uh, I was so engaged with Gary's story. Then I think what happened is, is a period there where I was like, well, why am I not doing better? I should be doing this. I should be achieving more. And that was in every area of my life at a stage. And that kind of built up. And that was kind of probably as soon as I came home and started from Korean and when I was working with AFA in the primary school role and starting to set up my personal training business and all, that I really thought there should be something more. I should be doing some more. 
and that kind of built and there was different scenarios around my life with with relationships with with family with with everything just kept coming and to be honest after a while me realizing um i was i was seeking into like sleeping into like depression um i had no motivation i was blaming other people and i just was like had no like I used to have the the biggest drive in the world and maybe I, I drove myself into the ground and that was that was an issue. I didn't take time for me. Um it was just doing all that. And I just got to a place where I I just couldn't function. I just didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I remember I always used to say I used to wake up in the morning and take a sharp breath in and then just boom. Just hear my head just darkness. And he couldn't even think, like, couldn't even think past a few hours. Couldn't even think about getting past my bed, out of my bed, rather than thinking about how I'm going to develop and turn into a business where I am today. So, yeah, that's, that kind of led from from what you're saying about having that drive and ambition where I didn't really expect too much or I more so I didn't have the awareness of how to control that was my biggest thing is, yes, I, I know I can achieve any goal that I want, I was getting frustrated and wasn't let the process or wasn't let manifest in my own mind or, or anything. And, and it got me to a really, really bad place in my life. So it did. As the new year fast approaches, social media will be overloaded with the new year, new me posts and hashtags. And your posts and your pages will be filled with new year resolutions and plans for change. But I've never been a fan of such nonsense. At the end of 2018, I tweeted about my dislikes of those turns of phrases, and needless to say, well, not very many people agreed with me, but I've always felt that relying on New Year to inspire you to make change is cheap, and it's an easy way out. After all, it can be used as an excuse. So it was so refreshing to speak with Tyler Stone on episode 7 about how he made positive change in the middle of the year, in March 2020. Unlike most people... Tyler perceives lockdown to have been a positive event in his life, one that afforded him the time and the opportunity to make positive change. And what a change that's been. You can find out more about Tyler through his social media pages, that's Stone Lifestyle Coaching. But in the following clip, you'll hear how Tyler speaks about seizing the moment and taking the steps needed to make that very positive change I've just spoken about. Yeah, well, you know, I think it was... uh come into lockdown and start a lockdown and all them things were took away as for everybody they were took away and it was one of them things of well, what do you do now your football isn't there you can't go to the bars and you know them things you like doing you can't really do so what do you do um, I found myself with like everybody else a lot of time in their hands no work and, and whatever so I had time in my hand to think about what made me happy and to think about what I really enjoyed doing um, and what I can really do to better myself Spend a lot of time on social media in a, in terms of you know looking at people that um, maybe different you know people on YouTube or maybe it was podcasts and and really trying to develop and from there it's kind of just been a real real learning curve um, and learning sort of every day to be honest learning of people on social media and learning different podcasts and different books um, and from that there I've kind of really got a, a good understanding of what I want to do um, and how I'm going to do it. And that whole process in many ways, as we've just mentioned, is about the level of self-awareness that you had to think, right, something has to change, something has to give in this. The idea that lockdown came just at the, probably the right time for you in that you couldn't go out to the bars, there wasn't a lot of football going on, so you had a lot of time to sit and think and reflect. And I suppose what one of the big positives of lockdown is that there's so many things have sprung from it. I mean, I spoke to the guys from Carp DM in episode one and they kind of sort of said that 
you know that that whole period of of wanting to go do something they never really thought they had the time but all of a sudden lockdown they've got the time this podcast for example the stuff we'd done previously with it's all in my head it gave you kind of a, a time to, to almost relax yourself and say right what do i want to actually do because i've got the time now definitely i would everyone talks about this year saying it's been a shit year i would say it's not it's been probably the best year ever and i feel like that's it's all about how you perceive it and how you you know what type of person you are and these things come and how do you how do you accept them? Um, and yeah, you're right. You had that time. Of, you know, we all had the time in our hands. And um, when you have that time, and you've got the time to really, you know, grasp of and understand of what you want to do, and try new things, you're never going to have that. I I don't think we'll ever have that chance again. I know we're probably going to another two week lockdown, but that four week. For, I remember actually, it was you or maybe James and one of the um, one of the coffee mornings, and it stuck out to me. You said it's it's sort of like a golden a golden era in time you're never going to get this again everything's just sort of stopped and it's a time to really develop and that's what happened you know and there's probably a lot of people that would flip that and say it's been the worst year ever and and whatever else but i think it's just what sort of lens you have on you know what way you look at it and what way you accept it that is interesting because some of the stuff that we spoke about previously in our podcasts and with with james and it's on my head was this idea of motivational interviewing and within that Professor Steve Rolnick was one of the, the um, forefathers of international uh, motivational interviewing, and he kind of sort of said, "There's two different people you can you can have. You can have someone who looks through strength lenses, or you can have deficit detectives, so people who are always looking for the negative." And it kind of reminds me in the quote of Churchill, who said that optimists look for opportunity in every difficulty, pessimists look for difficulty in every opportunity. And as you've just said, this lockdown period can be perceived as negative and okay economy is going to suffer yes we understand that but however there are opportunities there if you look for it and you're an example of that yeah of course no 100% look um, you know coaches do cost money and and maybe people don't have that money there and that's that's 100% I didn't have the money there to be honest but like uh, that's something that I looked at differently and but there's you know if you speak to somebody that you're close with a family member or a friend that accountability once it's out there something changes something changes inside um and it's like a fire in the belly and somebody knows your, your results or somebody knows your goals and once you're chatting them well how are you getting on with that and it's just that wee bit of an edge so if you've got gold for somebody set ask somebody or tell somebody write them down put, maybe put them in the fridge um, you know nail them on the fridge and have the family looking at them and it's a bit of an extra edge so accountability is huge and leverage is a big part what Gary's and Tyler's stories in particular have shown us is that change happens from action And in episode 8, I had the most emotive conversation yet. Stephen Benedict is a professional athlete, a former Nike-sponsored Diamond League runner whose life began in very turbulent circumstances. Stephen and his brother both were put into the foster care system from a very young age, and after being passed from pillar to post, they finally landed within a loving home. Like his early life, though, tragedy wasn't too far away. Stephen would be orphaned, as his foster parents both tragically passed away within a short period of time. Undeterred, Stephen developed a remarkable level of resilience to forge a successful career as a professional track and field athlete and has just published his first book. And as if that wasn't enough to be occupied by, Stephen has also started a new fostering success program to help support kids currently in the foster care system. Stephen's story is truly moving and a truly inspiring one at that. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it's it's been quite a roller coaster ride. You know, I I was I was put into I was put into foster care at four months. Um, 
you know, from my mother, just, just an unstable situation and a lot of neglect and, and just uh, provision wasn't there. And not too long after that, I was put back into her hands. Then my brother was born and uh, we were living in and out of motel rooms at the time. Very unstable situation, very you know volatile situation. She was dating another guy and he pretty much thought fit to lay his hands on us whenever he had the chance and was feasible for him to kind of let out his emotional distress and everything else. Um, that went on for quite uh, quite a bit. And, you know, there, there were some repercussions for that. You know, I was hospitalized at a very young age. And then, you know, after, after that period of time, my grandparents had found out about it. And, you know, they took us in for a short period of time. But them being elderly, you know, trying to handle two toddlers at their age was not sustainable. So the next best option for us was to go back into foster care. And we went back into foster care for about another six years, bounced around up and down the East Coast um, until we finally settled into a semi-permanent, you know, foster home, you know, for about the last three years of our experience within the foster care system. And, uh, you know, then we, then we were lucky enough to be gratefully blessed and adopted by two great individuals. My mother was a second grade teacher, um, very influential, impacted not only our lives, but countless amounts of other children's lives. As I bring season one to a close, I look forward towards season two and some of the exciting guests and topics that we have lined up. Season two kicks off next week with Casey Moultrie. Casey is an ex-college basketballer turned businessman who has an insatiable desire for the pursuit of excellence. To be honest, I could speak for hours and list countless take-home messages from our conversation, but I think that might just spoil it. Along with KC, Season 2 will include a very frank and honest conversation with Cage Leitner on his journey through his transition from female to male, gender diversity, and what being truly authentic actually means. I also speak with Darren Wallace of the Mind Project podcast on living with anxiety and Jordan Moore of the What's Happening podcast on characters that we've both encountered or read about in our life that help inspire us plus so much more. Episode 1 of Season 2 kicks off next week with KC and will be released on Friday the 8th of January. As always, I would love it if you could head over to our social media pages, that's Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, at the Think Curiously Podcast. You can like, retweet, share, comment to help us extend our reach so that others may feel inspired to share their story. Thank you, have a great new year and we'll see you on Friday the 8th of January.